What's good, everybody? What's going on? Another blessed day coming. We made it through cicada season here in the D.C. area. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. These cicadas didn't take over, took over my word. But y'all didn't come here to hear me talk about cicadas. Even though I got a few stories, that'll be hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. So, all right, I'll do a little quick story real quick before I jump into the topics of what this pop-up podcast is going to be about. So, uh, first off, if you guys don't know about cicadas, honestly, I don't fully know. But the one thing that I do know is these cicadas, I, I want to say they're blind. Are they blind? Y'all, you guys can... Uh, <laughs> Can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this one, but um, so as I'm at work, it, and it it contains some people at home as well. But as I'm at work, I work with a lot of females that hate all type of bugs. So if you guys don't know, a lot of people that do know me personally, I, I've worked at Target for a, a bunch of years since I was in college, and um, my particular store is going through a remodel, so. We have to go in and outside of the building quite a bit. So, you know, I've had certain times when cicadas was on my back because they flew on top of me and I couldn't feel them. Even though nobody would, you know, swipe them off my back, scrubs. <laughs> but anyway, so we got stuff outside and trailers locked up for sure. You know, I don't know. We're not going to just have stuff outside, just chilling. Uh, and just so happened to open up this one trailer and they were what four cicadas that was on the handle and i seen it but my co-worker who's who is female i won't say any names she didn't see it so i was like all right listen i gotta crack this open but i need you to pull the handle and it was a borderline setup i would uh, you know, I I need to stop treating people like this, but this is hilarious. And this is just a quick cicada story. Sorry. Um, so I saw it on the handle and I was like, all right, cool. So I know as soon as she slams it up, they're going to fly out. Let's see what she's going to do. So she pulls the handle and she was like, I can't move it. I can't move it. I said, what you mean? She said, I can't move it. I can't move it. So I said, OK, we're going to do this. And the reason I wanted to do the other part is because my face is closer to the handle. So I just wanted her to pull the handle up and they will fly out. Oh, my word. So I said, all right, well, there's no way for us to open it unless we switch. You know, she's she's a decent sized female, so she, she would be able to open it. You know, you don't need a 300, 400 pound person to open it. So. I, I really didn't want to do this because if it would have happened this particular way and it just so happened to happen, the cicadas would have flew in her face. And guess what? I pulled up the handle. The five cicadas, I thought the four, it was like four or five cicadas that I saw. They just flew. And two of them landed in her face. You want to talk about the loudest scream that anyone has ever heard in their entire life for the fact that this female did not like bugs. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to hold in my laugh right now because when it happened, my cheeks was red. <laughs> That's how bad I was laughing. It is so bad. I'm so sorry. And I hope she doesn't see this podcast. I, I hope I really hope she doesn't hear this podcast because I'm in tears right now. But the, the cicada attack. It's like the zombie attack, like the zombie apocalypse in the D.C. area right now. I don't know how it is for you guys, wherever you're listening. But if I go outside right now, and I wish I could post pictures on the audio podcast right now. Maybe I posted on the uh, the um, the video podcast version of this pop-up podcast. But, I mean, the holes in, my, in the ground around my trash can are just massive because they come from underground. And, and my trash can is just... It's like it's like you put ice cream in front of a baby. Or you put out ice cream and you just yell, Hey, free ice cream! You see a bunch of kids running. That's how the cicadas are in <laughs> my house right now. I, like, I have a picture on my phone of, of my trash can where there's 35 cicadas on one side of my trash can. Just one side. So when I had to take the trash out the other day, I literally had to kick it just so they could fly off so I can drag it over there. 
Like, it's, it's, it's an apocalypse right now. But anyway, that's not why you guys came to listen to podcasts. Quick little funny joke. Uh, to, to the young lady that I work with, if you do listen to this, I apologize for laughing. I'm sorry. I had to share this, but I will never say your name because I have a feeling if I ever say your name and the people that know me <laughs> and know the people that I work with, uh, that story will get out. And I, I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to have a quick little ad break. That's going to last a couple minutes. That's going to last a couple seconds. And then we're going to get this uh, pop-up podcast rolling. So for future references, if you guys want to jump into any one of my pop-up podcasts or my Mental Mondays or anything, um, follow Big Irv versus the, versus the People on Facebook, Big Irv 716 on Twitter, and Big Irv 716 on Instagram. That's why I'll post my links. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show, man. Peace. Let's get it rolling. All right, everybody. What's going on? What's good? Ready to do this pop up. So, uh, got a lot to talk about in this last week, man. A lot of things. So, anybody jumps into the clubhouse and just think that I'm talking to myself, I'm actually talking on the podcast. We got to talk about these album releases. I said Nipsey dropped something. I didn't see nothing from Nipsey. But the DMX uh, After Death album dropped today. We're going to discuss that for a little bit. Hopefully my boy comes in. My my brother, Slim Prim. <laughs> Never tell y'all why he got that name. Mainly because he's, he's bony. Brother's like a buck 30 soaking wet. Grown man. Jeez. Okay, was the DMX album so bad? I'm looking for some some key points online. I don't see nothing. They don't even acknowledge the album. They even got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer up here before they got the, the album that released today. Swiss says DMX's new album was tragically meant to be his biggest comeback. This ain't it. Now, as a as a Dark Man X fan, I will continue to listen to it, man. It just doesn't feel like this was his comeback. I mean, he's released multiple albums. I don't know, man. This one didn't catch my ear. Not at all. And I'm sitting here. I'm the type of person that if I'm a fan of you, I give you multiple chances to put out a positive word. This one it. So let's see. Going through the albums. I'm not seeing anything from Nipsey up here. That I must have missed it. So let's let's get rolling. First of all, let's 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 talk about this Kwame Brown situation. Kwame Brown got to the point where he was going at Stephen A. Smith so hard that Stephen A. Smith had to respond. Now, to me. Stephen A. Smith, his best response would have not to said a word to Kwame Brown. Not one word. Mainly because over the years, you've had enough to say about Kwame Brown. And I can't play the entire thing from Stephen A. Smith. I, I will play a little snippets here and there. But I won't be able to play the entire thing. But uh it was it was pretty interesting. And and I got a little flack from it on my Facebook page um when I posted it. It was basically fifty fifty. 
so my post basically stated that, and I'm going to pull it up so I can say it quote for quote, because a lot of people think that I try to change my words around and make myself sound better. I do, <laughs> but who doesn't? Anyway, so basically I put the fact that Stephen A. Smith pulled the video of Kwame's worst plays proved Kwame's point. It's a damn shame. So basically when I said that, I basically was saying that Kwame Brown was pulled into a situation where he he basically was told he was a bust before the first season ended. And everybody just kept beating him down, 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 down, instead of trying to work with him. Kwame's argument was he was drafted as a 17-year-old kid coming into the NBA, which is a man's league. And instead of the support of letting him transition into an adult, they just had their own consideration about his game and left it as that. In some in some type of way, he has a point. But in another type of way, I can't I can't agree hundred percent with that point. Because you made the decision to go into the NBA. Ultimately, that is your full-time job. 100%. It's your full-time job. So you can't just up and say, I'm going to have the same uh, skill. I'm going to have the same athletic ability. I'm going to have the same work ethic as I did in high schools. Because he didn't go to college. It's one of those situations where, and, and and if you watch LeBron coming out of high school, you can tell that high school to NBA wall hit him early, like real early, to the point where it was like his athletic ability was not going to make him go all the way. And you've seen LeBron work and 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 work. LeBron's work ethic came before the end of his first season. Like, you got to think about it like that. His work ethic came at the beginning of his first season. Now, you, you talk about a lot of the guys that came out in that draft, the Tyson Chandlers, the Joe Johnsons, the Gilbert Arenases, who was second-round picking that same draft. You know, like when it came to Tyson Chandler, he was not the style of player that Kwame Brown was. And I think that's why Washington picked Kwame number one over Tyson Chandler. Because I remember that draft. Tyson Chandler was ultimately the number one overall pick. Um, we were all in high school around the same time. That was all that was being talked about. Tyson Chandler out Dominguez. Tyson Chandler out Dominguez. Oh, he was doing all this and this and this ever since Tayshawn Prince left Dominguez High School. So Tyson Chandler was the man. So come to find out, when the workouts came, they realized he ain't had no skill. He he was just more athletic than the, than the guys that he played against, and his ath- athleticism took over everything else. So if you're seven feet tall with a 40-something inch vertical, that will outplay everything else that you ever accomplish. The only thing is, with, with that athletic ability, you have a greater chance of becoming a better defender with no offensive skills, which Tyson Chandler ended up doing. But um, it, it's it's interesting to me because I look at it in this way. Tyson Chandler was basically a lob and snatch guy on offense. That was it. Nothing else. Can't do nothing else. Kwame Brown showed that he had some form of offensive skill, great footwork, great movability, was able to pass out the post, and three-fourths of the athletic ability that Tyson Chandler had. So the Wizards thought they had a great pick, number one overall pick. So you can't blame them for workouts. Sure. But like I was discussing with a few of my boys, man, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot decide to pick up a player in the NBA draft and think they're going to be a 25-year All-Star. You can't, you can't expect that. You're putting too much pressure on a guy very early. Now, there's a lot of players that accept that. The Kevin Durant's, the Derrick Rose's, uh, the Michael Beasley's. Uh, you know, those guys, 
Um, but when you look back, and when nobody talk about Darko Milicic being no 20-year, no no mainstay all-star, the talk was, dang, we can't pick Carmelo because we got Tayshaun Prince. Dang, we, we can't get Chris Bosh because we got Rasheed Wallace. As a matter of fact, I don't think Rasheed was on that Detroit team on in during that draft. I, I don't I think he came later on that year. Might uh, fact check me. I know I'm wrong. I'm expecting to be wrong. I can't remember if Rasheed was on that squad. But I do know they won that year. I just don't remember if Rasheed was on that squad at, at the draft point. So and I remember D Wade was was not an option because I mean, they had Chauncey Billison and Richard Hamilton, so not even an option. But looking back, nobody thought Darko Milicic was going to be a multi-year all-star. Like, if you did, kill yourself because you're lying. But um, it's it's interesting how we overlook and point out Kwame Brown as a bust when there has been multiple number two picks, multiple number one picks who have had a way worse career than Kwame Brown. Like, I laugh because I, I constantly bring up Hasim to beat. And and somebody had the nerve to say, well, Hasim to beat played five years in the league. I'm, I almost jumped through the phone when I talked to my man's on the phone when he said that because I, I think one year Hasim to beat averaged like 0.7 points a game. 0.7. The man was number two pick in the draft and went straight to the, to the G League automatically in my eyes you're the number two pick you're de- you didn't even make the opening day roster as the number two pick you're a bust there's nothing you can do about it i don't care if you have a one season when you average 15 and t- no you're a bust sorry Mm-mm. you weren't good enough to to make the roster day one as the number two pick but we yeah, you just gotta listen to some of this stuff that Stephen A. Smith. Like, come on, I, I'm I'm gonna do the beginning monologue. I don't think I'm gonna play what he was saying during the video because you got to actually see when he was talking about the stuff. But let's go. Before I go any further, join me in taking a look at this man. Keep looking. Like, Another drop. Bad pass. You do a bounce pass to his ankles. And it's his, his, his fault. Another one. Okay. Did I, did I miss anything? He was going for a Keep screen. Going. It was a bad Here's pass. another one. This is just with the Charlotte Hornets. All right. Keep going. Keep okay. going. Swipe, swiped out his hand. The man played for seven different teams. I got put wide open layup. Miss. Keep going. It wasn't wide Keep open. Keep rolling him. Keep rolling. This is Shaq. Keep going. Mind you, you say this is Shaq. Okay, I can't defend that. That was just a bad jump shot. I can't defend that. Look at that pass from Steven Jackson. At his, his ankles. At his you ankles. See? Layup, an air ball layup. It, Keep it, going. It actually hit the rim. Keep going. Getting dunked on by Brooke Lopez. Who can't jump? Oh, so Brooke Lopez, right Lopez can't jump now. Keep, keep rolling the tape. Look, look at that pass. First of all, he traveled on the pass before he threw the pass. Okay, he did Keep travel. going. He did travel. Here we go. Okay, he was fouled. Oh, my Lord. Uh, why am I defending Kwame Brown? Keep going. Here we go. Stripped. Point guards do that all the time. 13 years in the NBA. So, bottom line, matter of fact, let me, let me let him finish out this last 20 seconds. L- listen to what he got to say. And it's embarrassing. He found a whole bunch of clips. He had the nerve to find a clip with Shaq. <laughs> like, like, are you serious? Shaq, one of the greatest big men of all time. <laughs> this is embarrassment to, to Stephen A. Smith, man. We're going to let him finish. Watch. Listen, listen. Seven different teams. And I've got an unlimited bank of bloopers for every stop along the way. That- but he decided to show a minute of bloopers so far that technically wasn't even blooped. If you, okay. I hope you guys see this clip on Facebook, on, I keep saying Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. 
I want you guys to watch this. I, I seriously want you guys to watch this. Because, mind you, Kwame Brown is a seven-foot guy. Seven feet tall. Some of these passes were so low, me as a 6'5 guy can't get good hands on them. He had the nerve to put in a... Listen, we if you've watched basketball, played basketball as long as I have, anytime you get the big man the ball in the paint, if you give him a low pass and a guard comes from the wing to swipe down, how in the world is that your fault as a big man? If you play basketball, if you play basketball, the only time you give a big man a bounce pass in the post is when he has his man sealed off. That's it. No other option. Zero. Not one. Not zero. There's no other option. You have your man sealed in the post. Bounce pass. Any other time, you got a man that's two, three, four, five feet away with nobody on him. You put, a, you put the basketball in his chest or you throw it at the rim. Non-negotiable. This bothers me because Stephen A. Smith played the game of basketball. He knows this. And he admits that he wasn't the best player. I was the best player. I would never say I was the best player. I had a lot of fun when I played. A whole lot of fun. People know me. Every time I had fun when I was on the basketball court, more than likely we was winning. I didn't lose a lot when I played basketball. That's that's basically why I got recruited as well as I did. Because in high school, my, my stats was better when I played rec ball, pickup ball against all the pros and everything like that. When I got to high school, it was all locked down. My coach locked me down. Plays wasn't called for me all the time, but I can get a bucket. Like, I had, I had coaches coming to me saying, listen, you need to transfer to my school because you can get a bucket. You can get everybody else involved. Put it like this. One game I got teed off and didn't listen to a play that my coach called. I had 15 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, uh, 4 steals, no turnovers, and 1 foul. And a highlight that I dunked on a 7-foot guy that is rare in D.C. basketball. So I'm going to tell you right there. Caught him off the baseline, two hands. The very next game, the coach was, was so mad that he didn't call one play for me. I still dropped 10, but all the, the other aspects of my game didn't come out because I like to get my teammates involved. First thing I did was I drove. The one thing I like to do, I used to, I used to like catching the ball on the wing, dribble to the wing, go to the corner of the free throw line. Everybody jumps at me. I look, at, I look for the open man, which is usually my boy. So... I was a high-energy player like that. So the one thing that I do know is you never give a bounce pass to a big man that's close to the rim. One, he has to come all the way from his knees up to the basket. It's too long. You put the ball in his chest. You put the ball in his face. He takes it. He goes right up. Easy to. I'm looking at these highlights, and the first thing I'm saying, Stephen A. Smith, you talking about bloopers, and this is your best videos that you have to show that Kwame Brown was a bust? 12 years, seven teams. You got to be kidding me, Stephen A. I'm going to finish up these last 20 seconds. Listen to what he has to say. That was just a short version. I got 15 minutes. I 15 minutes. If he has 15 minutes of this, what's the point? What is the point? You're proving Kwame's point. You're here to bash him and make him seem like he is the worst player to ever get drafted in the National Basketball Association. Which he was not. How's Anthony Bennett doing his number one overall pick? How's the Seam to Beat doing his number two overall pick? How's Jay Williams doing his number two overall pick? How's Derek Williams looking at his number two overall pick? How's I, I could I could roll off some names now. How's Evan Turner looking at his number, number two overall pick? I, I, I can't really use Evan Turner. Evan Turner had a solid career in the NBA. He had a better career than Kwame Brown. It's a bad example. But the, in my eyes, the number one overall pick is one of the hardest picks in the draft. And I, and I fight with a lot of people to this day that I feel that 
if Gilbert Arenas didn't have knee injuries, John Wall wouldn't have been the number one overall pick. They'd have easily got DeMarcus Cousins. Easily. DeMarcus Cousins fell to five. Multiple, multi-year all-star. One particular game, that this guy had 50 points, 20, 20 rebounds, and, and 14 assists. As well as five blocks. So listen, man. First of all, any draft is a crapshoot. To me, Kwame Brown isn't even the worst top five draft pick that the Wizards had in the 2000s. Where's Jan Vesely at? I rest my case. Y'all don't even know who Jan Vesely was. Let's just say when he was drafted, he was looked at as the new Blake Griffin of the NBA. Couldn't believe it. The new Blake Griffin. All right, last five seconds, last five seconds. Just listen, Stephen A. Just showed you one. I got 15, and I was just getting started. Just getting started. Kwame Brown's main argument is you're beating down all these guys. <laughs> this is hard, man. This is hard. This is rough. <sighs> this is hilarious, man. So for me, Stephen A. Smith walked into a can of worms he can't get himself out of. So now, this might this is the first time I'm listening to this one. We're gonna we're gonna go over Jason Whitlock. And if I get demonetized for this, I apologize. It's a couple pennies. No big deal for me. I, I just enjoy letting everybody hear certain things. And and I know something some of this stuff is copyrighted, but it's it's all over the internet right now. So if they made money from this, I'm not trying to make money from this. I'm just trying to put my word out just to to show people how insane these people sound when they're attacking somebody for a reason that they're pointing out. But let's listen to what Jason Whitlock has to say. Lord knows I don't like Jason Whitlock, but let's see what he had to say. He's unpacking these bigger ideas and about changing this very negative culture that has been defined for black people and we've embraced. And black people are loving it. They're running towards him. He's not being called an Uncle Tom, a coon. He's not being called a sellout. They're saying, yes, we've been waiting on someone to say this and represent this in a way that we believe in. And so this guy has gone from 10,000 YouTube subscribers to 250,000 in 10 days. Wow. All right. So now he's just bringing up YouTube followers and this, 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 this. But basically, Whitlock's point is... Kwame Brown stayed silent for entirely too long. He took the beating for entirely too long. and So now he's speaking out. And he's saying kudos to a young man who just had enough. Now, deep down, for me, if you'd have asked me, was Jason Whitlock ever going to say something like this? You could pay me a million dollars and I had to give you the money back. So... Ever since Jason Whitlock got fired from Fox, it's it's a completely different person. But let's finish this up. Oh, 10,000 Instagram followers to 175,000 in 10 days. People are running to Kwame Brown, and everybody in the black internet space is talking about him and having a reaction, and there's been nothing but support. There's another version of Kwame Brown that's having amazing success in the internet, YouTube, Instagram space, a guy named Kevin Samuels. He's not an athlete. He's a former businessman who's an image consultant, and he's in a suit and tie and saying really the exact same things as Kwame, but he's saying it like he's a college professor. Okay, now I'm done with Whitlock. I had nothing to do. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry y'all had to hear that part, but... <laughs> what the heck that got to do with anything? <laughs> Alright, so listen. To wrap this up, Stephen A. Smith was better off saying absolutely nothing. Um, I, I think he hurt his stance more than he helped it. Um, 
and and to say he has 15 minutes of bloopers of Kwame Brown's career, like you're announcing to the world that you want to continue to dig this man into a hole that Kwame Brown as a man and as an athlete, a former athlete felt that yes, he was on the lower tier out of the guys in the NBA, but you are worth what another team will pay for your services. He is a success in his mind. Yes, you could find a couple of plays that had bad passes that he had to go down to his feet to catch. Yes, you could find a whole... Listen, let me tell you something. I've seen Shaq drop a whole bunch of passes that was too low. And Shaq has some of the biggest hands in the NBA. So, whatever. But anywho, let's move on to our next topic. All right. So, I'm sorry for clapping. That's that's just what I do. So, as far as our next topic, we're going to bring up J. Cole. So, uh... With J. Cole, man, um, as we all know, the last couple of weeks, he released his album, The Off Season, as well as he decided to join a professional basketball league in Africa, the Basketball Africa League, the BAL. So, there's multiple situations that's going on with this basketball league that's over in Africa. Um it basically had a quiet, quiet, quiet jump off to a beginning um, that everybody was prepared for, but nobody really knew about as far as where they could watch it on TV, what they could do, this, 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 this. So when it comes to guys like J. Cole, who has a platform that could boost up the league, um, in my eyes, you can't take away that particular platform to boost up something that's fresh off the ground. So like we all we always say we need certain things to jump a business to a point where more and more people will follow it and we can continue to have it for years and years and years to come. So for me and and as I looked at the roster and I'll get into it later because one of the people that spoke out was a former uh, University of Maryland player who's playing who's also playing in that league um he came out about it and was frustrated and I and I'll let you guys know the whole situation in a second but so the situation is J Cole signed a 3 to 6 game contract with the Rwanda Patriots of the Basketball Africa League um just recently he decided to leave the team um and return home after his contract obligation uh was concluded and and completed um, now J. Cole, who is a 30, J. Cole's what, 34, 35. So he's not a young guy. Um, basically worked out for the team. They decided that he was, you know, a serviceable player that he wouldn't destroy and he wouldn't make the league look like a publicity stunt. You know, he, he wasn't necessarily a full-time player, a full-time starter. You know, he got he got solid, what, 15, 10 to 15 minutes in the games that he played. So, he you know, he got a chance. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't an embarrassment. You know, you're not going to see no videos of him getting embarrassed out there. Um, he, he was out there. He actually did his thing, man, for the, for the little time that he got, man. I'm not, I'm not hating on Jay, man. I, I respect Jay Cole wholeheartedly. I wish I could get out there right now. I know I'm out of shape. I know I had to do a little light run the other day. Um, first time I did a run since I injured my Achilles. And let me tell you something. Uh, I had to take a seat. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm brother about to get him a bite and go to war because that can't happen. But <laughs> back back to J. Cole, we stopped getting personal. Um, I think he had a total of, what, five points, five rebounds, five assists, and so on and so forth. Um I, I was trying to pull up the stats before I did this, but couldn't find them. But, um, yeah, so family obligations. He decided that it was time for him to return home to the States. Um, he set up the whole team with his uh, new Puma shoe before leaving. Thank the team. So many thanks for do. Thank you to the BAL and the, the Patriots BBC for the opportunity. 
Thank you to my teammates, the coaches, the staff for treating me like family. I learned so much in a few weeks. We were together. Congrats on the win tonight, and good luck the next game. Thank you to Puma for supporting my dream from day one and getting me to Rwanda and back safely via the Puma jet. Oh, that personal, that, that treatment, boy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you to the entire country of Rwanda and the city of Kigali for hosting us. Beautiful land, beautiful people. To anyone considering visiting or moving to the continent from everything I saw and heard, I would recommend you consider Kigali and Rwanda in general. Thank you to everyone that had kind words for me despite my in inexperience. I plan on getting better. Now, th he put this out before he said he was going to retire from basketball. He's done. He's not going to try to, you know, do anything to hurt the leagues or anything. Um, but, I mean, it was beautiful, man. Like, I, me personally, I saw nothing wrong with this. But whenever you got positive people around, you're going to have negative folks. And um, I hate to say it, man. I really hate it. The fact that one of these negative people was uh, Terrell Stoglin, man, from University of Maryland. I'm trying to uh, try to find... Okay, here we go. So Terrell Stogan, ASL's guard, has decried the presence of rapper J. Cole at the Basketball Africa League, telling ESPN that the musician's time on the court is disrespectful to those who worked hard for years to get this chance. Despite the commercial value and media attention that Cole has brought to the NBA's affiliate, the rapper's late inclusion to the Patriots roster has left bitter taste in the mouth of the former Maryland player. Stoglin, who became the first player to score 40 points in the league when he inspired Saleh's 88-79 comeback, averages 31 a game in at the tournament. So J. Cole, who's a walk-on player at St. John's University, uh, his rise to fame as a rapper, scored five points in three group games for Rwanda. I think there's a negative and a positive to his press, as Stoglin said. The negative part of it is, I think he took someone's job that deserved it. Now, in actuality, he did not take a job from someone. They actually extended the roster and had a provision to add one more slot for three to five games out of the entire tournament. So technically, he did not take somebody else's job. It was a provision to help boost the league. Um, I live in a basketball world, Stoglin said. I don't live in a fan world. I know a lot of guys that had their career stopped by COVID and they're still home working out and training for an opportunity like this. For a guy who has so much money and has a, another career to just come here and average like one point a game and still get glorified is very disrespectful to the game. It's disrespectful to the ones who sacrificed their whole lives for this. Now, let me, let me cut in real quick. Stoglin has a point, but he doesn't have a point. The reason I say he has a point is a guy of J. Cole's stature. We can't determine that he's going to come out the gate like LeBron James. So he's not going to come in the game, scoring 20 a game, changing the world. The man hasn't played organized basketball since the All-Star weekend thing, and I'm not even counting that. So since St. John's University. You expect this guy to be a world beater? I mean, he's, he's no scrub. He's no Kwame Brown. But Stoglin is looking at this the wrong way. I, I, I believe he's looking at this the wrong way. So he so continues he, he continues to say the positive side of this is it brings a lot of attention. Obviously, that's the point. And I guess money. I didn't I don't really pay attention to that type of stuff. I'm more concerned that he took somebody's job that deserved it. Hence what I mentioned earlier. Uh, so the Patriots chief COO told ESPN that Cole's inclusion was for basketball reasons, adding that the proof was in the pudding as the Patriots were among the teams who will, who will join Saleh in the 18 playoff. Of course, someone as famous as him will bring a lot of attention, but one thing the BAL, Patriots, BBC, and his team have commitment has committed to do is treat him like any other player, which during this 
run when you speak with all the uh, Rwandan players was true. I mean, he was with the team. He was in practice. He had no special treatment. He 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 took it like those three to five games was his his job. He didn't promote his album that came out the first game he played. Could you imagine him going to a game and the first thing he's doing is promoting him promoting his album before and after a game? Hell no. Oh, he got destroyed. I mean, listen, if that was the case, listen, Terrell Stoglin, man, the fact that you blew up and had a 40-point game and then then this is what you came out to say, it's not helping, man. Um, Out of everybody in the BAL League, you are by far the most experienced. Um, it's one of those situations where, where I look at like a lot of the NBA and four former high profile guys that came from these states to play in the Chinese league end up getting like 40, 70, and 80 points a game. Like I remember like uh, uh, Max Seal, who was a 12 to 15 year guy in the NBA, went went to China and got like 30 and 25 or something like that. And, I, and the only thing in the back of my mind is, how how do I put respect on that league if you get thirty and twenty five and you could barely average nine and, and four when you was in the league? So listen, man. All in all, man, I got mad respect for J Cole, man. Um, to do what you love, I, like I would, I would give up a lot to to play basketball at the level that I played in college before my uh before my shoulder injury uh took me out um and before I cut off I'm a, I'm gonna play this Rick Ross post that he did on um on Twitter and um I didn't I, this is my first time listening to it so bear with me uh let's 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 let this run and we'll we'll see what what Ricky Rose had to say so I saw uh, a young brother had an opinion about J. Cole playing basketball in a basketball league, and I got an opinion, too, and in no way is this meant to be disrespectful, but first and foremost, should no black man dreams be censored, nor limited, you know what I'm saying? And coming from a brother, I think you would understand what building these type of relationships would do for the business, for the eyes on the industry, you know what I'm saying? If your father owned the team and... He had to decide between you and Cole. I believe he would find it honorable if you step down and let J. Cole bring what he bring into the industry. More importantly, brother, you should be there to support the brother. Now, I'm cutting it off. I'm cutting him off. I can't agree with that. I can't not, I cannot agree with that. So, the only reason I say I can't agree with that is the fact that obviously Stoglin is a much better player. Obviously. For all we know, we wasn't there during the trials. J. Cole was the best remaining guy to add to a roster spot. We don't know that. So I'm not going to put that argument out there. If I had to choose between J. Cole and Terrell Stoglin, who I know can average 20 a game because he's been killing it overseas, I'm I'm picking Stoglin. Like, I, I can't pick entertainment value over my team winning, ultimately. And all in all... J. Cole played, his stats wasn't amazing, but they won. They were winning. So what, what are you trying to tell me? Let's finish up this last 15 seconds. If he made one point on the first game, by the time he get to the you should make sure he making six a game. You understand? I just feel like that. You know what I'm saying? If Cristiano Ronaldo bought the team, you would be there for the ribbon cutting, brother. So support your brother. You understand? And more importantly, so I saw... Okay. Rick Ross lost me on that one. But anyway, um I I partially agree with Rick Ross. If you if you have a league, a startup league, and you know that you got guys that's gonna boost that league, by all means you throw those guys in there. I mean Ice Cube did that with with AI and the big three. AI was everywhere. First game he got hurt. He wasn't in shape. You could tell. He are are you telling me that we're not gonna put AI in there to boost the league up? AI got in there, we started watching. But AI ain't J. Cole. (laughs) 
at least J. Cole's in shape. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, come on, man. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to say I lost respect for Terrell Stoglin, man, because my man is a baller, man. When he was at Merlin, man, I looked up to him, even though he was younger than me, man, because he was a baller. I'm not going to I'm not going to disrespect him. I just want him to understand that you he devalued his stature in the Basketball Africa League because of how he felt about J. Cole. He needs to look at it much differently. J. Cole didn't ruin Basketball Africa League. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for J. Cole, a lot of people wouldn't even have realized that the Basketball Africa League started up. This is this is something that the NBA has been pushing to start up in Africa for the last 15 years with the Kimbe Mutombo. And now that they got it off the ground, they didn't have no push. J. Cole gave it that push. Now, to say he took a roster spot, you're not taking a roster spot of somebody who's not playing. You feel me? J. Cole, if J. Cole took a roster spot and didn't play, 15 to 20 minutes. Come on, man. Now, another, now the one thing I did agree with with Rick Ross when he said that the first game he scored one point, the next game you need to make him look a little bit better. That's on Jay. Like, I, I can only do what I can do for you. J. Cole got to make himself better. But in three games, you're not going to be a world beater. You might, you might sneak up and get a game, but you're not going to be a world beater, man. So ultimately, man... This this part of the world needs to understand that there's bigger pictures, and all. And, and to be honest with you, let's say that um 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 who's who's a who's a big a big rapper that plays basketball female wise. If one if somebody on the female side decided they wanted to jump into the WNBA and boost up their publicity, who who would say no to that? Cause I tell you right now, there's a couple teams that that has at least one one female player that they can take off, and they could put one of those young ladies in who's in shape and could probably get like four or five points and help them win, just to boost up the ratings for the WNBA. Listen, man, at least WNBA is getting a little push. Basketball Africa League. Once J Cole left a couple days ago, we ain't heard another word about Basketball Africa League. Have you? Do you even know the schedule? Do you even know the play style? Do you know how this Basketball Africa League tournament is being run? Did you even know it was a tournament? Did you think it was a season? You don't know. And you don't. And you won't know. Because after today, after after I pop this podcast up, you probably not even going to care. But that's what I'm talking about, man. So, you know, this is not the attention that you need going towards the future of the basketball Africa league. It, it like we, we need to have more positivity, man. Like you use what happened to be more positive because as of right now, um, Rwanda did not add another player to the team. Wonder why I thought he took somebody's spot, but another conversation for another day. Hopefully we're talking about this next week and we're talking about it in a positive way. On to the next topic. All right, man. I'm going to uh, give a quick little shout out to my boy, man, to the home team that grew up with. Got a new product out. Look out for it in the future. I'm letting y'all know early, man. This is not. This is a non-paid advertisement, but look out for the Mahis brandy, the Mahis cigars. Shout out to my boy, Big Big G, Big Glenn, G Rip. See you tomorrow. We're gonna be out there, Rhode Island Avenue. If you in D.C., man, support the support the man, son. The brandy is the real deal. I'm not looking for no special bottles. I'll be out there buying my own. You know what I'm saying? That's my man's ever since the sandbox for real. And I'm not asking for nothing free. We're going to be out there grinding with every, with each other, son. He's going to get my money. He's going to get my support. All right? So, everybody, please look out for that. He's Brandy. I'm letting y'all know early. We still early in the process with him and his squad, man. Look out for that, man. He's Brandy, dog. I'm telling y'all right now, it's the real deal. I'll let your boy. All right, man. So this last topic is going to hurt me to my soul. I think this pop-up podcast, I'm going to make it a little bit shorter. I know I'm kind of ranting and raving, but we're going to make this a little shorter. Uh, And it's about the DMX album that dropped today, Friday. I'm not going to say today because 
if you are listening to this podcast any other time, might not be the Friday that they released. So the DMX album released Exodus. Um, this album hurt me to my soul as a as a DMX fan because everybody is pushing this album to be the album that DMX was going to use to get back into the game. And personally, I nah, no, 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 oh no, oh no, 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 no. This this album hurt me, and I've listened to the last, I want to say four DMX albums that was released since um. can't remember the last album that I actually played all the way through but um this hurt this hurt man and just and for Swiss Beats to come out and say this was the album that was supposed to help boost him back to the platform of his rap game this one that for me the one thing that I loved about listening to DMX tracks before is the fact that every track had an aspect of his life that felt like it was real to the things that you experienced in your life. Even though it's not anything that personally happened to you, you knew somebody who went through that. And, um, you know, a couple of the guest features like Jay-Z, Snoop, Swizz, um, who else? I, I want to say Bono was on a, uh, a track or two. Was on, not, not a track or two, but was on a track. And, um, I was not satisfied. Not at all. Alright, so all in all, there's a couple tracks on here that I did like um, as a whole with the album. But for me, when you have an album over 10 tracks, my standard is I gotta have six of them that's bankers. Gotta have six. Right now, at this current moment, I only got about two or three. So... We're we going to keep rolling. X is my man. Rest in peace. Doc, man. Earl. Damien. All all the... The, uh... <laughs> the, the mental... The side personalities that you had, man. Um, appreciate you, man. I will continue to live on and, and rock with your, with your music, my dude. So, uh... Let's keep rocking, man. Let's keep rocking. So, uh, I want to thank everybody for putting me on this platform, man. Everything that you guys have done for me, the love that you guys have shared, the people who shared my podcast, who helped me get to the po- the point where I'm at. Like I tell everybody all the time, I expected to only have, like I started this in March. We're about to go into June, so the third month. I expected to only have maybe two to three streams every time I post one of these. I'm at ten every time I post, man. So that's that's truly some love that I really didn't expect, man. So I appreciate everybody. Let's continue to push this, man. Let's continue to grow. I love y'all, man. Look out for the straight from the hip on Tuesday on Facebook. It's gonna be posted on Wednesday on the podcast. Um, next week and from here on out, I'm going to have four podcasts a week. Um, the entertainment podcast, the pop-up podcast, the straight from the hip podcast. And hopefully I can get my boy and we can do the unpopular opinion podcast. So I'm here. I'm hustling. I'm grinding. I love y'all, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Look out. Peace out.